the snap, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson, and he scores. This is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. NIL, which is short for Name, Image, and Podcast. And the watch, this is thank you to NIL. We're getting right into it, Michael. It's Friday. It's what a week. Yeah. What a week it's yeah, been for yeah, yeah. just a number of reasons. Boy, it, I turned 30 on Wednesday. It's crazy. <laughs> Wild. I'm a 30-year-old man now. Um, you know, had a, had a nice little week. We got a nice little week in peace ahead. Uh, you've been going through the rounds with scurvy or tuberculosis or something. I'm not yeah. sure exactly what type of sickness you have, but <laughs> you sound much better. Because we were ugly. not going to record the pot earlier oh, in the week. God, no. It was, earlier in the week, I sounded like I had a mouthful of concrete at all times. <laughs> well, it's not that far off. But right, right, right. Finite line. Finite line. Speaking of finite lines, we are Name, Image, and Podcast. And <laughs> folks, do we have... I mean, this is just one of those things, like, there, there are weeks where it's like, yeah, like, should we just do it early in the week, talk about the news, and, you know, I, we typically err on the side of caution to wait until at least, like, Wednesday, Thursday, because you just don't know what's going to happen throughout the week, and thank God we waited, because <laughs> we have a lot to talk about, and I'm sure you've heard it, you know, once, twice, three times, who cares, but we're going to talk about it anyways, because it's just fucking hilarious, but right. Nick Saban, our boy... The Godfather, oh. God, as some like to refer to him as <laughs> Nick Saban, had some uh, had some opinions and had some some things to say about NIL. And this is great because NIL has completely and, and just with the last years, and I think it's probably the COVID years really really what started this is that these older coaches they're just becoming unhinged, and right. I am here for it. Right. I'm absolutely here for it because it just it doesn't matter. You got coaches retiring, coaches leaving. Or the coaches that stay are just right. sounding off, throwing everybody under the bus and going right. scorched earth. And it's uh, I love it. I right. absolutely love it. Well, and I'll and I'll I mean, I'll let you say set the stage as far as what what is happening, what has been happening, just to kind of set the stage. But I would like we've called our like you just said, these old curmudgeonly coaches like we called our shot a while ago. They're not going to adjust well to this. Like it, it's just not going to happen. You, you kind of saw it with Coach K to a degree, but I think Nick Saban is the first of the the old heads who is really like showing his true colors about how he feels about NIL, and it's exactly what we expected it would be. He he blamed NIL completely on him finishing second to Texas A&M in recruiting, like he he blasted Jackson State and Deion Sanders for allegedly paying one million dollars for their their uh, Trayvon Hunter, I think is his name, the, tra- the top Hunter. one. Yeah, I think it's Travis Hunter. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he he's going, and I, we spoke about this offline. I'm convinced that this is his last season at Alabama, especially if he wins a championship. And he's just going out and he's taking everybody down with him. And the ignorance to have that he he has just to pretend like Alabama hasn't been paying players for decades, like is just it's next level stuff, Kyle. Oh, I mean, we we so ignorant. We got we got we got it all because okay. So let's start. Okay. Right, I'm, right. I'm going to be reading. All right, I'm going to be reading. Right. So reading on air. Oh, you never know how this is going to go. Um, again, be quoting a lot from the USA Today as well as just like random Reddit articles and things like that. So if you're looking for proper sourcing, just figure it out. But here we go. So this from the USA Today, I think just about a day ago. This was in Birmingham. So Alabama football coach Nick Saban said Wednesday that Texas A&M bought 
in quotes, bought every player on their team, referring to name, image, likeness deals for the top-ranked uh, 2022 class. So Texas A&M finished number one. Alabama's obviously number two. Uh, and and it wasn't just number one. I mean, Texas A&M brought in a class that no one's ever seen before. It was like right. seven five stars, absolutely outrageous, especially when you look at his previous recruiting classes, which we'll get into as well. Saban and Alabama basketball coach Nate Oates spoke at the event promoting the World Games 2022 Birmingham at the Fennec, whatever the fuck that is. Um, blah blah blah. Uh, Saban said Alabama didn't offer NIL deals to its recruits. We were second in recruiting last year, he said. AM was first. AM bought every player on their team, made a deal for them, name made a deal for name image likeness. We didn't buy one player. But I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. Uh, he goes on to say that his team, the Alabama, the team made three million dollars off of NIL last year between 25 different players. We consider football rosters about 100 players. That kind of puts some things in perspective there. Um, the more supporters we have for Alabama and all sports, blah, blah, blah. So he's just kind of going on to say that um, they did NIL. Alabama does do NIL. They also just created a collective as well. Um, but that they did it the right way. Our guys earned it and no one in the locker room had a problem with it. So, you know, he's going on to say that. And then he right. goes on to take the shot at Jackson State. Jackson State <laughs> paid a guy a million dollars last year that was – a really good Division One player to come to school, uh, Saban said. It was in the paper. They bragged about it. Nobody did anything about it. Um, and so the rumors of a multi-million dollar NIL deal between top prospect Travis Hunter and Barstool Sports began to uh, surface shortly after Hunter committed. You know, because uh, Deion Sanders, Barstool Sports, all right. that you know, connection. Um, Coach Prime goes on to <laughs> uh, refute the lie, as he says. Uh, he says, you best believe I will address the lie Coach Saban told tomorrow. I was awakened by my son that sent me the article stating that we paid, and I do believe he spelt paid incorrectly, but that's non nonetheless, it's just funny, that we paid Travis Hunter Jr. a million dollars to play at Jacksonville State. We as a people don't have to pay our people to play with our people. So I, you know, I think he's kind of hitting at some underlying things there. We like Coach Sanders. We like Jackson. I think right. it's cool. I, I, I right. think it's cool the more chaos that we can throw in right. there. Um, but there's a few other uh, parts in this. Um, so uh, Nick Saban, he, don't get me wrong. So Nick Saban, as 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 scorcher as you win, he does make some good points. He's made some points that we made here as well that, like, it, it is a little off the rails. Yes, there does have to be some guidance. But I think he's putting his anger in the wrong places because, you know, the NCAA is when we fucked this up. But he just says players have always been allowed to work. It's just a different opportunity for them to make money by working. There's nothing wrong with that. And I've told my players to get agents, get representation, and create opportunities for yourself. Shout out our sports agent friend, Brad. You know, that's why you want to get representation to make sure that you're – you're going about things in the right mm -hmm. way because there's way too many of these quote unquote collectives and boosters shout out Miami uh, <laughs> who are getting way too in the weeds with it. And then he just says uh, to wrap this up, that's not what name image like this was supposed to be. That's what it has become. And that is the problem with college athletics right now. Saban said, my job is to create a platform for our players to create value for themselves and their future by becoming better people by graduating from school and developing a career on or off the field. So the good old, our, our good old boy, uh, Nick Saban, who's never, ever, <laughs> ever cheated, ever. <laughs> Always done things the right way. Saban also said former Alabama players have made $1.7 billion in the NFL since 2010. I like that. Um, so that's where it all started, right? This is this happened yes. earlier in the week. Yes. 
Yeah, I texted you. You're watching this Nick, Nick Saban stuff. Um, what was your initial? Just what was, what was I don't know. Reason? I'd have to go back and look, but <laughs> it's either one of two things. They either likened it to I can't believe another smear campaign against one of my all-time favorite coaches or something. But I'd have to go back and look. Now I'm looking at picture of your shoes. So there it is. Happy birthday, right. Kyle! Oh, yeah. Shout out that and we're rocking the new Nikes today. Uh, Mike did have to guide me through it. I'm not a sneaker guy. Right? I'm just not a fashion guy in general. Just yeah, I, I've never been been that. I wanted to go out and buy like just a nice pair of Nikes, right? I was looking right. at the the Blazers because those are the ones that always came up on the ads and stuff. I looked at them like, damn, those do look pretty sick. They're like the vintage look. And Mike mentioned he's like, yeah, just be aware. Like they add like a little bit of flair to it. I was like, flair. I'm not a flair guy. Oh right? yeah. There's nothing yeah. about me that's flair. And he's like, yeah, like. I just see a lot of high school kids wearing them, and I'm like, yeah, like we'll see, you know. I go right. and I look at them, and I'm like, yeah, you're right, they, they're just kind of off. And then I found the, the court royals, and these are the ones the that you have royal, as well. These, yeah, uh, these are the that's ones I went with. Shoes. And then sure, well, should I see a high school kid rocking the Blazers? And I was like, okay, that's that's a good call. Listen, so. it, the the court royals just are just like our dear friend Nick Saban, old school baby. He's doing things old school way. He, he right. no flair, no, no bells. Flare. No, he leaves that to the boosters that he just doesn't want to pay attention to. Right. The ones, <laughs> yeah, I was listening to the local sports radio here because this is just the, the the beauty of like of situations like this. And this is why, like, Nick Saban is at the pinnacle of whether or not, you know, you know, people right. want to bring him down or he's right. God, as Jimbo Fisher, as, as right. we will get to. But, you know, he's the only one who can really say this stuff. And, and like it just creates such a great media just slop fest for any right. sports radio. They're just like, thank God someone said something because we're kind of right. in the end of. Uh, the NBA playoffs, like everything's kind of wrapping up. It's right in between, like the dead season of college football, and then Nick Saban pops up with this, and the right. sports radio in every single city is just fucking eating. Well, and and this is what we what we've been waiting for, and like what we've wanted as as both fans. And I mean, I'm not I'm not naive. I'm not going to throw ourselves in the sports media world just yet with our 16 dedicated followers, but. This is what needed to happen, right? Because it's the same. In, it's the same in every sport, whether you know college or professional. There, there's always the one couple group of teams, the one, the one coach, the one polarizing player. That when something like nil happens, like people will bitch and moan about it, and, and they'll you know pout, pout about it, and and that's fine and dandy. But until somebody like the Nick Saban does it in the tremendous fashion that he did, not only going after Jimbo Fisher, but then taking a ricochet shot at Deion Sanders. A household name for his playing career, let alone his coaching status. This is this is what's gonna this is what's gonna keep that conversation rolling down the road. Of we need some sort of reform. We need some sort of guidance. We need some sort of you know. Because I watch a lot of Paul Feinbaum, and his general take on it is that we we had the levy, we tore down that levy overnight, and now we're just we're flooded. Like it, it, there's no putting it back. Like. We can't undo what's already been done, so now it's just damage control. Like we we have to uh, try to address everything on a case by case basis, make examples out of it, and then try to clean up the mess that we've already made. So it, I don't think that that cleanup is going to happen anytime soon in the next two three years. And in the the most ironic thing about this whole thing is Dick Saban even earlier than this last confrontation was on record saying he wants more parity in college football. Well, here it is. Like th this is it, and it's. I think he's just unhappy that this is the fashion that it's coming at him. He's not losing the old-fashioned way. He's not getting outcoached on the field. They're just Jimbo Fisher is taking advantage of the new avenue that is NIL, and he's just beating Nick Saban in the recruiting field, which is going to turn into beating him on the field. Like it's here's your parody, Coach Saban. Like you wanted it, here it is. 
It's, yeah, <coughs> I mean, that, that's really what it is. And so that, so obviously Jimbo Fisher, uh, yeah, Jimbo responds. And and so keep in mind, Jimbo <laughs> and Nick have a great history. They're, uh, Jimbo Fisher was an assistant under Nick Saban. That's really how, you know, and I feel like who wasn't an assistant under Nick Saban at some point. But they have very deep ties. Um, and, yeah, I think uh, Nick Saban's comments might have gotten to uh, Jimbo a little bit. Right. <laughs> Um, right. So Jimbo basically comes back and like, you know, says some things like, I've never cheated. I don't lie. I don't cheat. I learned things when I was a kid. If you did, the old man slapped you upside the head. Maybe somebody should have slapped Saban is basically <laughs> what he said. Um, Travis Hunter even pi- piped back in. He says, I got a mill, but my mom's still staying in a three-bedroom house with five kids. Like, you know, he's like, well, you know. And so, you know, he's obviously getting involved. Deion Sanders getting involved. But um yeah, Jimbo comes back and just says it's despicable that a reputable head coach can come out and say this when he doesn't get his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen. And the parody in college football he's been talking about, go talk to coaches who have coached for him. Basically saying, and then he goes on to say, like, yeah, this is the one that we call like the czar. We call him God. Like, look at how God has done things in the past is basically what he says, which, like, I don't really understand that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's, you know, no one's. It, it's just it, it's just I don't even know how to explain this. It's just so ridiculous that the that these two coaches are are at the forefront of this because you know Saban's done it. You know, you know, right. and it's just like what the what the um, sports radio was talking about the other day. It's like coaches will essentially go to their boosters and go to their assistants and everything like that and just say, hey, we need this recruit on campus next fall, and they'll say, well, coaching said, nope, I just I need this recruit on campus right. next fall. Right? Well, coach, what about right. the? No, I I don't care. Just get him on camp. I don't care. Just get him on camp. Right. Well, and that's it, how it is. In in an instance like this, like it, it's, I mean, you're never going to be able to declare a defiant winner or loser of this this exchange because obviously both sides are going to lobby their argument. But Jimbo Fisher, to say what he said, while it does seem a little a little drastic and he is colorful with the things he's saying. It was an unprovoked shot by Nick Saban, which I'm perplexed by what, why Nick Saban would even do it because now you're just opening yourself up to all this scrutiny and all these people who maybe are going to start knocking and, and kind of going through those closets because Jimbo Fisher was pretty content just being having the number one recruiting class, whether that was via him kind of wink-wink promising NIL deals. Again, like I, I don't even know to the degree of what the coaches can speak on the NIL deals when recruiting. Like – is it is it against recruiting laws if if they go into a recruit's house and they say like hey just for your information you know these other players have already got nil deals at Texas A&M like like we already have nil deals lined up for all these other players like put two and, and two through together. a collective so and and I so right that that's kind of what another one of these articles was saying so basically a sports um let me find it yeah and nil NIL attorney Mike Caspino, having worked with A&M's collective, everything Jimbo Fisher said is 100% correct and true. He didn't violate any bylaws. If you keep the collective separate from the school, A&M and the collective are just very good at what they do. So they obviously, you know, they figured it out, right? And they figured out the gray area. They are (laughs) planted firmly in the grayest of gray areas. Right. But, I mean, what are you going to do? Well, but 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 they 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 were ready for this. Like like right, the, um, right. the athletic director Ross Bjork even came out and he said, for Nick Saban to make you know kind of those vague, all encompassing you know accusations or statements, whatever you want to file them under, he he made it very quick to you know point out like we have not broken one single Texas law as it pertains to NIL. 
So like Texas A&M, they're gonna they're they're gonna be like they're they're pig in mud. Like they're gonna wallow in the mud because they know they can. Like like it's right. not it's not the sexiest. It's not like you know like you know, we're just gonna beat them outright because we're the you know we're just the best recruiters in the world. No, like like they're willing to take that next step and play a little bit in the mud, and it paid dividends for them. Like you just said a couple minutes ago, not only are they number one recruiting class, like this is a recruiting class that like we haven't seen as far as like by far and away the best recruiting class in probably our lifetime. Like this recruiting class for Texas A&M is not only like the biggest program history, it's maybe the biggest in college football history, depending on how these guys shake out, but – I mean, right. like, like I said earlier, they, there's, there's, there's a will, there's a way it's NIL Jimbo played the game. Texas A&M wants to play the game. Nick Saban doesn't want to have to play the game because it's just Nick Saban just wants to do what he's been doing. He wants to rely on the Alabama brand. He wants to be able to walk in anybody's house with the Alabama polo on and just assume that he's in the conversation. And that's what it is. But now he's having to learn to adapt to not only NIL transfer portals still kicking around out there. Like, it, it, it's like I said, it's the changing of the guard. It's the, all the old heads are just, they're getting up there now. And it's like, do I really want to, do I really want to put myself through this much more effort? Cause you know, they're already spending ungodly hours at the facilities during the football season right. and recruiting season. So it's like, add all this in the mix. Like it, it, this isn't, you know, the good old coaching job of days old where it's like, you just have to show up and you just have to coach football. No, like you got right. boozers, you got boozers, Jesus Christ, boosters. Basically. Uh, yeah, same thing. Uh, you have to appease them. You got to play. You just got to play the game on all different levels. And I just think Nick Saban's over it. And I wish that his his little tantrum would have been at a non fundraising event, <laughs> but it is what it is. <laughs> and the best part about this is who's on the sideline right now, and he's just stirring the pot like nobody's business. It's our boy Lane Kiffin. I mean, so <laughs> Lane Kiffin is just the master Twitter, right? I mean, he's just responding oh, to this, yeah. reacting to some of this, just like very vague. Um, so somebody tweeted per Ben Daniel and he says Jumbo, which I mean, I'm sure that was autocorrect for Jimbo, but Jumbo is funny. Jumbo had the nerve to say it wasn't the NIL says everyone is coming to A&M because it's just a great place to be. Well, and then he goes on to say Jimbo at A&M in 2018, zero five stars, 2019, two five stars, 2020, two five stars, 2021, one five star, which is pretty normal, right? Like if you're a top 10 school, top 15 school, if you can put Five star, which is very hard to do. That's a, that's a big win. Uh, and then NIL was introduced. Uh, and then in 2022, seven five stars and the highest rated class of all time makes perfect logic. <laughs> After losing to Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas, and LSU, and finishing four and four in the SEC, it was clear to the nation's elite recruits that this was the program on the rise. He nailed it. Right. I mean, Lee Kiffin was the one who kind of reacted to this. Uh, right. It's just. It's just great. It's just it is. It, it's well, so in Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin. It, I, I mean, don't don't hold me against the. I, I don't know what his exact age is, but he's younger than those guys. And and this is just he's personifying what is happening in college football from top to bottom, from actual coaches and players and programs to just fans. Like he he knew that this was not new, but like he understood this was probably going to start coming around. And now that it's here. He's just gonna he's just gonna abuse it any way he can and just like clown everybody about it because these there's just people, Coach Saban and fucking old you know older college football fans included that just are are unaccepting of this nil thing like they, they it's here it's gonna happen like it, progress is inevitable and they're just like they don't want to hear about it and so Nick or excuse me Lane Kiffin on the sideline just clowning them 
I mean, we I can't be more in love with Lane Kiffin if I wanted to. Like, it's right. just absolutely incredible. Yeah, he, he's the best. And and so now what you have too. So you got you have a lot of players on Twitter, former players, NFL players, coming out and just kind of giving their two cents. This one really stood out to me. This is Sue Cravens, who I think is currently a safety for the Broncos. So there you go. No, 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 no. X safety. Oh, is he? Okay, Wikipedia live. X safety. He's trying to get in the co- I follow him on Twitter actually. I'm trying to get in the coaching game right now. I think he be season ending injury to our career ending injury, some sort of knee gotcha. thing. I yep. digress. Anyways, go ahead. So Sue Craven. So he comes out and says, I had schools offer me ten to twenty thousand dollars just to visit, and all of them were southeast of Texas. So if you look at a map, you can figure out southeast of Texas, uh, what states those would be. Uh, since people lying, I'll speak from experience. And so he was the fifth ranked player overall in the class of 2013 and gives some insight right. into his pay for play full comments from the Twitter thread below. So he comes out and says, I'll just say this since people want to cap and accuse others. I used to be a five-star recruit. Only schools that didn't offer bread were PAC 12 schools because it would have been the death penalty for them. Not just right. a slap on the wrist like the others get. He went to, he ended up at university, um, or, uh, USC, Southern Cal. Um, I went to USC free of charge. I had schools offering me ten dollars to $20,000 just to visit all of them in southeast of Texas. Um, basically, recruiting was unfair up until NIL because only the SEC was allowed to openly pay for talent, which is why they became so dominant for the last 13 years. If I could re-download right. my old Voxer app, a lot of y'all favorite schools would be in hot water. It's the blatant lies and accusations of other schools that piss me off a bit, especially knowing how they getting down out there. LOL. Right. Ridiculous, one-sided hypocrisy. <laughs> right. 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 Well, in, in that's again, it's it's just like it's it's this newer, fresher bloodline, Sue Cravens, who, you know, class of 2013. It's this younger, fresher bloodline where it's like they're not they're not down to just kind of like, you know, swallow it and swallow their pride and keep quiet about it. Like. He made the decision consciously to go to the Pac-12 because he didn't want to accept money from school, and now it's like he he's gonna let it all air out because it's it is fr- I can understand the frustration from him where it's like yo like I knew players were getting paid like it is what it is it, you know and I was kind of willing to let bygones be bygones but now it's like these coaches of these SEC schools are gonna start you know throwing these tissy fits because of NIL it's like come on like. Tennessee was dropping, you know, stacks in fucking McDonald's bags. Like, in like he said, this is all well documented <laughs> stuff. Like, that was great. It, it, but in 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 a roundabout way, what NIL has done is it is you know expedited the process of people figuring out. Even surface level fans are starting to figure out the NCAA is just corrupt from top to bottom. The SEC right. knew what it had to do. Right, yeah. like the SEC knew what it had to do to be competitive and win championships. Turn a blind eye. Like there we are. Turn a blind eye. Pac-12 right. will give you the death sentence. So the fact that fucking Utah was ranked number five not that long ago is absolutely incredible. Right. And so like, and in all this, it really does shine light on the programs who, you know, who you do root for. Right. Because all this right. does all this like stuff with the A&M Alabama, it just gives me more teams to root against, which I love. Right. I will, I will absolutely root wholeheartedly against Texas A&M in every single game. The only time he didn't was like Johnny Menzel. Cause that was just super fun. And like, you know, that was just kind of cool, but now, right. you know, things are the way things are happening, but absolutely. You know, the teams like you look at even just like the top teams, the last few years, you know, with, with your, you know, Michigan state's kind of up there as well. Obviously right. you know, Utah, Utah's one of them. Yeah. Schools like Iowa, Pittsburgh. And it's like, listen, if we've been paying players and I don't know what the fuck we've been doing, you know, you right. Know, right. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. But yeah, it's so it's just, it, it does make you respect the schools outside well, of the South who and have and it's had like, to grind for everything. Right. And, 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 and I didn't mean to cut you off, but it, before I lose my train of thought, it's I don't ever want to give Ohio State props in my life. That's not a shot at our dear friend Cade. I just 
I know individuals outside of Caden and the program itself just doesn't incite any emotion in me. But um, Trestle and uh, what was his name? The quarterback that got caught with the yeah, Terrell Pryor. Yeah. Like that was like borderline death sentence for like a, a little bit there. Like they, oh, they got that was a huge yeah. deal. And like they were exchanging material goods for a tattoo. Like we're talking about players getting cars and hundreds of thousands of dollars cash down in the SEC. And we were crucifying a team that one dude traded a jersey for a tattoo. Like if this is when you look back on it, it just it blows our at least my mind. I'll speak for myself. It blows my mind that like we weren't paying close enough attention to these things and making a bigger deal out of these things. Like, well, it's because there's no point, right? Because even if you did, and people were, people were blowing whistles all over the place. Right. The NCAA would be like, okay, we'll look into it. And then eight years later, it'd be like, oh, well, we uh, found something. <laughs> I, I, we might've found something. I mean, fuck you. Look at college basketball. North Carolina oh. made up fake glasses. Yeah, you know? hey, 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 we, we don't dig in the basket. Right, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's well, that's it. Just goes on to show like NCAA, like in just how right, important right. Like, they just couldn't do anything. Like the worst things. I mean, like USC, right? The whole Reggie right. Bush thing, that was horrible, right? right? Absolutely. Anyways, but uh, just to kind of wrap up a few of these things, a few more quotes right. I want to read out. Right. Um. So the the one that really I loved from Jimbo, and he said, "Some people think they're God." Go dig into God. Go dig into how God did His deal. You may find out about a lot of things that you don't want to know. We build them up to be the star of college football. Go dig into His past, and then finally, we have some few, a few, a few more things here. Um, uh, Nick Saban. This just came out to yesterday. He said, "I should have never singled anyone out. That was a mistake. I apologize for that. Don't apologize, Nick. Don't apologize." Um, and then kind of right in the middle of this as well, pit wide receiver Jordan Addison transfers to USC. And that was the one that really, I think, kind of sparked a lot of uproar because that was kind of a blatant, like, hey, USC, you're now just paying this guy to transfer. Like, and, and you know, the, the, like, where, where's, where's, where's the line here, right? Where's the line here? But if you went to a, an SEC school, would people have, you know, freaked out if you went to Alabama or anything? They'd be like, oh, no, he's going to Alabama because he wants to go to the pros, blah, blah, blah. But, um, yeah, and then Coach Gus Malzahn pops off. Just got on Twitter for the first time today. Did I miss anything? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just, it's wild. It, it's wild, wild west, as we've mentioned many, many times. Um, but we're here for it. This is why we did the pod, and we say it all the time, because it's just, it's the best. It's like things like this, when it comes out, it's just nonstop, endless content. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, and we're just here to, to try to figure it all out and just laugh at it from afar because it's just like, you know, it's just funny because like, like I said, like, these are just things that I've, you know, you guys know me ever since, you know, college, I would always talk about how the SEC was corrupt and, you know, right, cheaters, right. And liars and things like that. And it's like, Oh, it's whatever this and that. Yeah. And now it's like, Oh, well, duh. Like, right. you know, right. but I had, I had my anger placed in the wrong spot. I was mad at the institutions. I should have been mad at the NCAA because they had plenty of time to figure this out. And so right. that was an right. error, error in my ways. Well, and the unfortunate part is, is I football because where, where I'm going to take you on this little piece that I've on my mind, that I'm about to drop on you. You have to keep in mind the, the argument of is a player ever ready to come out of high school and go straight to the professional football league. The answer is almost always going to be no. So there's always going to have to be the NCAA middleman for these players to go play football. So I, I don't I don't know how this problem ever gets fixed, if it ever does get fixed. I, I think maybe the best PR move for the NCAA is just like, 
you know, let time pass and see if people just kind of forget about it. But when you were talking about basketball earlier, I think basketball, we've seen it, and obviously cheating is going to happen, but I think at the rate that cheating is happening and how egregious the cheating is, like you said, you know, North Carolina making up fake classes, I think we're going to start seeing that kind of dissipate more and more and more and almost become non-existent because the players can just go to the pros, right? Like whether it's the G League or Europe or strictly the NBA, like this this thought of paying people, paying for talent to come to your school as it pertains to basketball isn't really a thing anymore. So I, I think basketball is going to get cleaned up just because, again, these players, like why why risk your name, your reputation and, you know, getting people in trouble for, you know, $100,000, whatever the dollar amount is. Where if you know you're that kind of talent, you can just go play professionally. Like you can keep everything above table. You can go start making money right away, start your professional career. Football just doesn't have that, right? So I just I don't know where where we're ever gonna fix the problem because they always have to go put two years in the NCAA no matter what. So I think it, it, when you look at football, cheating is just gonna get worse, worse, and worse. Or in this case, I guess not cheating, but the general gray area, the the dirty play is going to keep getting worse. Whereas I think basketball, I think it's going to get better, 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 you know, right. Given that more younger coaches are coming in the mix. I'd be shocked if John Shire even really ever thinks, ever thinks about maybe ever even trying to toe that line. Because again, it's like these talents who are, have that professional level of talent, they're just going to go to the NBA. They're just going to go to the G league. Like they like, or there's the, no right. Or like the NBA affiliates, whether it be overseas or the right. G league right. or the, the whatever up and coming or there's rising, no bidding war. Whatever. There's no bidding war for these guys. Like these aren't, these aren't Kansas and all these other, you know, schools, Arizona's who are on record as, you know, paying players to come play. There's no bidding war anymore. It, it's, it's, Hey, just go get your money the right way. And, and now we're just being left with these guys who, okay, you are one or two years removed of being well coached and getting your game to that level. We're not going to, we're not going to risk it to pay for you to come play. We're, we're Duke, we're Kansas, we're Arizona, we're UCLA, we're whoever's just come play for us. And then that's going to be good enough. You know, now with NIL in the picture, like that's going to be good enough. So I, I think as we were talking about it, this, this whole kind of cheating and finger pointing and playing in the gray area is just going to get worse in football. But I think basketball, it's already been better. And I think we'll just continue to get better. It got, so I just opened the name image pod Twitter and it's just, it's crazy. So just to go back to the Jordan Addison, someone posted, if reports are true that Jordan Addison is getting $3.5 million from USC, that's almost three times the amount or three times as much as the Steelers are paying George Pickens this season, which is 1.2 million. <laughs> oh my God. And, then well, people are but, saying, yeah. I, and I, and I did want to ask you that. I mean, you, I'll let you finish your thought, but like, Lincoln Riley has kind of been flying under the radar because I think he was starting to bubble up. Like I think people were starting to start raising some eyebrows with like him just kind of openly courting players. Now he's just kind of falling the wayside given the conversations that we just discussed. But like, should we be concerned for USC or like, are, are they just going to be the maestros of playing in the gray area? I don't fucking know. Let me ask you a simple question as a Utah fan. Are you worried about USC playing in the gray area and just dominating the Pac-12 for years to come? Uh, I mean, like, that, that's going to happen. And that's why I'm really glad. And it's just too bad Utah fell just short of the Rose Bowl, right? Because it's just that's just going to happen. Um, right. Utah does have some very affluent uh, boosters. Um, right. Whittingham is absolutely not going to be a coach, though, that that's on board with any of that. But 
you look at the track record of success for Utah players and getting them to the NFL, right. it's very good. He's he's brought a lot. He just had another hey. number one pick in Devin Lloyd this year, right? Or hey, not, or thick, first round pick. Thick boy Cam Rising's already on fucking commercials fucking around Cam here. Rising. So right, I mean. well, like, that's what I mean. You'll see it because Utah is a very local community, right? It's not a national right. brand. Um, right. you know, they yeah. are the real you as much as Brandon wants. I'm kidding. Uh, I think <laughs> I think that we could do an entire podcast episode dissecting the 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 dynamic in between BYU and Utah as it pertains to like local NIL because I feel like there's a lot of money floating around Utah, duh. But I feel like a lot of it airs on the side of BYU, if that makes sense. Well, here's the thing, though, with BYU and, and the people who are in, in involved around in businesses in Utah and BYU and, Utah and and just the state and the city and things like that. They, yeah, they could go through the players and they could get a half-assed commercial and be like, oh, that was kind of good. Or they can go to the one of the million mommy bloggers out there who have hundreds of thousands of millions. No, of no, 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 no. Right, 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 right. It's like it's going to be different as far as you're, how the you're not you're not. Inve- it's just like it's just like the homeboy Clemson with the Dr. Pepper commercial. Right. You're yeah, not yeah. investing because you think the ROI is great. You're investing because you want to you want to be the guy who's like, oh, like like I am part of the program. Like I pay like I pretty much paid for some of these players to be here. Like I'm pretty much part owner of the BYU program because and I'm, I mean, I'm just, I don't want to start shitting on Utah people, but like there's a certain level of narcissism that also floats around here that people would be willing to pay that money to be associated with the program. I mean, I, I feel like that's a fair statement to say. Yeah. Yeah. It, it yeah, exactly. It, it, it's just going to be bizarre. Uh, but yeah, right, Utah's going right. to be a really interesting microcosm because it's, it's, it's very much self-contained with, with Utah, BYU, even Utah state, right. Even right. Weber state, just Weber. Uh, shout out Damian Lillard. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, really what this is going to go down to, I mean, like, I, I I feel like the next the next kind of step two is eventually these these athletes are just going to end up being um, employees, right? They're just going to end up being employees. They're going to figure out unions, things like that, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so they'll probably have the option to attend classes they would like either before or during or after, right? And they'll just say, hey, come here, play, we'll pay you. All you're going to worry about is football because that's what the brand is. That's how we make money. Right. And then, hey, if you want to come back after the NFL, like we got a spot open for you. Your classes are paid for. Right. And that's just probably how it's going to be, um, which that'll be interesting. Uh, yeah. Right. And especially with things like basketball, right, where, you know, players right. can just leave after the first year or just not even right. attend altogether. Um, well, and that's and that's what I was trying to say earlier. It's, it's like it, it's always going to be a necessary evil to have football players meddle into this this NCAA NIL landscape. Like it, it, it's just and I could be totally speaking out of my ass. But if I do remember correctly, when we when, when we were pulling up those numbers, it was a long time ago now, one of our first episodes. But when we were first pulling up those numbers. The discrepancy in between football and then basketball number two, and then like the rest of the sports as far as NI percentage of NIL money floating around, we're talking like fractions of of what football is generating and basketball. But football, for the sake of this conversation, like it, the NIL isn't a problem for baseball. The NIL isn't a problem for track and field. The NIL isn't a problem for all these other sports. It's just football, and it's it, and football is going to always always has been always will be the torchbearer for the NCAA. So if if you're ever gonna put fix this, you're it's you're just gonna have to focus all your effort on football because the other sports don't have a problem with this. Like there's not there's not all this openly courting players to transfer and shit in swimming. Like it's just not. So you're gonna have to figure it out in football. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah, because eventually, I, I mean, what what people are. are 
you know, expecting to happen is that the FBS and college football is just going to split away from the NCAA and just be like, hey, we're going to take the top, I don't know, 35 teams, just like the NFL, and just right. say we're just starting our own league. Everything else, have, have fun, everybody else, you know. Which which I think I think at that point, the it will have, and I know people are really concerned about where, you know, Big Mike's moral compass lies. At that point, it feels gross to me, and we have ruined the sanctity of college football. Like it, it, it we have gone too far at that point. It's no longer like you know, because I understand the argument that like the age, you know, the age old, well, they're getting a free education has kind of fallen the wayside. Like it, we're not dumb, we're generating numbies here, like huge numbies. But if that becomes the deal. It feels gross to me, and I feel like we've we've ruined college football. So I hope it doesn't happen that way. But I would not be shocked if it does. Well, and this is why, like for for so long, you know, I've I've been a stand of the Big Ten, right? Because I feel like, by and large, <laughs> the Big Ten has has done things more or less closer to the right way, or right. whatever you want to consider right. is the right way, or just how what just like you said, moral compass. It's how it aligns with my moral compass. Yeah, they do other things. There's some other dirty shit that went on that's, you know, off the field that just kind of sucked. But you, you right. know what I mean? Right. Um, and so I think just moving forward as this kind of progresses, like I said, I'll typically watch the Big Ten. I enjoy it for mm-hmm. as shit as it is. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just actively root against the teams I don't like. I, you there know? you go. There you <laughs> so go. Whatever, like, whatever, whatever gets you off, dog. I mean, you, gotta, uh, you just got to do what you got to do. <laughs> I mean, the best part about it is, like, let's say Texas A&M, let's say they have a few losses. People are going to start – calculating oh. like the, the dollar amount per oh, loss that was yeah. spent on yeah. yeah. like it's it's the pettiness of the college football fans and and you're a huge fan of Paul Feinbaum right and just oh, being able to listen it. to those calling shows it. and things like that oh. this is really where things are well, going to start to heat and up. that's and that's where we already that's where we were before and when this was more of a like, kind of wink wink thing like I always remember vividly remember Alabama would you know lose you know one one of their one games a season when they did lose and it would just be on Twitter. It would just be meme after meme of like Nick Saban taking the charger keys back from his players. Like it just like pretty much taking jabs at this whole, like <laughs> Alabama players get free cars and all this shit. Like it's already there. And now like to your point, now that we're actually attaching like monetary value to it, we're just, these, these players, these programs, these coaches are just going to be opened up to just a fire squad of just scrutiny. And it's going to be for my purposes, funny to watch. And for us, it's just going to be funny to talk about. It's just going to be endless. I mean, it's still going. I mean, I'm just like refreshing Twitter feed and there's something new about NIL every single second. Well, and, and, and it's funny. It's funny when you look at it through the scope, like like you just alluded to. It's funny when you look at it through the scope of each conference because it's like you look at it through the scope of the Big Ten, Big Ten followers, Big Ten faithful, Ohio State maybe middles around a little bit more in like the, like they're more keen to like the NIL and like they kind of care about it a little more, maybe. They're, and that, that yeah, could be wrong. Figured it out. They have a lot of lawyers up there. But, that they've figured it out. <laughs> but I mean, like even just like on, on like a surface level, like the palette of NIL, how it hits the, the big 10 constituency constituency. Uh, like they just don't really care. Like, like it's there, it's there, right? Like they're conscious of it. They know it's there. Like good. They're, they're whatever. It's just not a big mover for them. Same with Pac-12. Like Pac-12 is almost there. Like USC is obviously balling out to try to you know do anything they can. But like Kayvon Thibodeau in Oregon did a little bit. Like there's a little flash in the pan. But like it's just they've kind of accepted it and they've moved on. But like the SEC is like it's like it, it, you're either for it or you are just going to fight tooth and nail against it. Like 
it, it, it's just it's so it's such a polarizing topic in the SEC, and it's just funny when you look at it by conference by conference basis on how it's viewed and how people view it as you know a benefit or a subtractor from their conference, and it's just mind blowing that it's just it's accepted so differently across all the conferences. But again, the SEC go boiling it back to the very beginning of this conversation. They're just willing to turn a blind eye. They don't care. As long as there's Georgia and Alabama in the championship at the end, they really don't give a fuck. Right, because that's where the money's at. And, but, uh, well, and, just, and, and earlier when you were talking about like just separating, like it, it, I'm going to throw this out there, and we, uh, you'd have to connect a lot of dots for me. But I'm like, take maybe you do, maybe you do figure out something, right? Like maybe it's its own conference or something. Like, and you take the Alabamas, the Georgias, you know, the Clemsons, if they're popping off, like, you know, maybe form your own conference and then structure it to where it's like, here's what the playoff looks like. There's only one bid per conference. And so we're only worrying about one SEC team because you talk about parity in football. If we could just limit it to one SEC bid in the college football playoff, I it doesn't solve all woes, but I think it does at least remedy to a certain degree the problem that we're having of just the same continuous matchups over and over again. It's like may, maybe you shift it to a one one bid per conference type deal, or, or maybe there's something to work out to where it's like okay, the SEC is going to run away and become this juggernaut, but we're still we're still going to make a seat at the table for these other conferences that right. aren't as egregious about this. Yeah, there's no perfect formula for it, obviously. Right, but right. It, it, no, no. And, like, the thing that's annoying is that, like, the playoff committee and things like that, they get together and they meet and they expense the lunches and they come back and say, yeah, it's like, sorry, guys, we just couldn't figure it out. Right. It's like, well, what, like, put fucking four idiots from four different bars, you know, in, in the biggest college towns across the United States and put them in a room together Listen, and they'll fucking figure it out. Like, I, got, I got three bozos from the mass comm program at Mason. We could figure this out. I mean, we're, we're you know, it took me five years to graduate, but I'm smarter than that. Come on. Man. Right. It's just like it's just not that hard, and they're overcomplicating it because like the powers that be and the money that uh, that's involved and things like that. But yeah, right. each even right now, it's just each conference is is actually you know taking a look at you know a little, little bit inward. Like I know Big Ten, there's some news that the Big Ten's looking at conference realignment because if you look at each division, right, you have you know the division with Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State being really good, and then the other conference is like Nebraska and Iowa <laughs> being shit, right? <laughs> and back when back when they first did the realignment, it was like 2012 or, you know, in the early 2010 era, they did the legends and the leaders. Right. And right. people just shit on that left and right because, yeah, it's a little bit corny, legend and leaders. But if you look at how those divisions were aligned, you had Ohio State basically on one side. Um, I think it was like Wisconsin. I can't remember exactly how it was. It was right. so much better if you look at it. It's so right. better organized and stacked. Right. Um, and so now I think what, what each conference is having to do is look inward and be like, do like, how do we set ourselves up best for right. success on the national right. stage? Um, and so that's good. I hope we can figure that because like, like, you know, I've mentioned it here on before. I don't really care about the college football playoff until right. they expand it. If it, as, as long as it remains top four, it's just going to be for the haves and the have nots. And right. really there's right. only about three halves and that's Alabama, Georgia, and probably now Texas A&M. Right. 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 Well, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's 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 we're never going to be able to interject a solution into the at the conference level because, like, like we just said, it's the SEC is just going to let it happen. The SEC is content letting things happen the way they are as long as they are the juggernaut of college football. So we just have to figure out a way to systematically 
eliminate like the possibility of multiple SEC teams in the in the in the you know championship. And maybe maybe that's either one scrutinizing them for scheduling Chattanooga State week eight for just a nice little fluffer cupcake game. Either penalize them for that or make them play tougher schedules, make them play interconference games. Like right, and that's just something. Well, and that's what people are talking about with like the alliances that they're talking about, like the Big Ten. In the Pac-12 right, right. having an alliance because, like, yeah, that that's what we want to see is like the early like Michigan State's playing Washington, for example, right? You know, we want to see you know a full schedule of good games, not you know going against you know this Western Kentucky school of the blind or whatever. You know, it's right. just well because yeah. because they 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 know we the you know the the playbooks out there like it's 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 simple. Win all your games. If you win all your games, and then even yeah, if you simple. make it to the SEC championship, well, I know. I mean, I make it I a lot easier, but I'm just saying, like, win all your games, make it to the SEC championship. Even if you fall short to a Georgia, Georgia has the resume to be in the playoff regardless. So you're gonna you're gonna get grandfathered in there. So we need to find a way to, you know, like the SEC is like this tortoise. You got to find a way to penetrate the shell and make it harder on them. Like otherwise, they're content just sitting there you know, self-feeding themselves every year with just the same same schedule, same week 12 cupcakes, you know, fluffer games. Make it a little hard on them. Test them because that's what we're all here for. We want to see the best teams. We don't want to see the teams who had the easiest path to get here and just won all the games they're supposed to win. We want to see teams that were actually tested and came out on top. We just want to see the SEC. Let's just be real. No, I, 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 I know. I'm kidding. But, I'm kidding. But, no, but in all seriousness, like I like – I'm a SEC homer. I like the SEC, and obviously, I, I I like the SEC. I'm going to turn a blind eye to how corrupt they are because I just like it. But I don't need two of them, and I don't need two of them there. Like I I don't like it. it it's got to be a one bid per conference type thing. Power five conference, and then I don't know, you know, where you pull the sixth guy from or or whatever it is, or maybe it's just you know one bid per conference of the top four qualifiers, whatever. But it's just we're not, you know, this conversation's kind of come full circle where it's like we started talking NIL and how kind of corrupt things are. And I'm bringing it full circle back like NIL is just the rich are just going to keep getting richer. So, like, I don't need the SEC to dominate every college football playoff. You know what? Even if it's a Georgia, Michigan circumstance where they're just going to get the wheels blown off of them, they deserve to be there. I mean, there's other teams that deserve to be there that are just as good that aren't SEC. So it is what it is. It is what it is, and I think that's kind of the best way to just put the curse at NIL is that it, it just it is what it is. Um, right. And until people figure it out, it's you know, can print the T-shirt now, right? And I and I think you know for our listeners, you know, the, a lot of the Oklahoma Sooner fans and things like that, it's those types of programs that it's going to be interesting to see how things right. shake out. I mean, because Oklahoma, what they're still slated to join the SEC here soon, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, 2023. you know, so is that, yeah, it, well, yeah, we'll see. And it could even, yeah, I guess it couldn't be sooner because it's crazy. I, I forget that it's already 2022. It's like, you know, what is time these, you know, yeah, it's just no joke. By, you know, but it will be interesting to see kind of how those types of schools who have had, you know, success in their own little regions and things like that, if they start joining forces and start switching conferences, will it benefit them because the money's a little bit more loose down there, you know, in that conference and things you have to be more competitive or will they get left in the dust, right? Will they adapt? Who will adapt? Who it won't will. adapt? You know, it will. I, I mean, it's, it's, we poke fun at it, but it is a, it is a very real part of the conversation, Kyle, when we talk about, Hey, do you want to come live in Norman, Oklahoma and play football in the most like mediocre weather you could possibly imagine? Like, 
there's got to be more meat on that bone to get these guys to go there. Like, it's just, you know, Oklahoma does have a storied history, sure, but no championships. Like, Texas has a storied history. They have some championships, but, like, hasn't, it's been a while. Like, all their talk doesn't match up with the production they've been putting out there. So, you're going to have to, you're going to have to step into the mud with Texas A&M and all the other schools and just navigate it as correctly as you can, given the circumstances and the guidelines that are out there and produce a winning, produce a winning football program. Cause it's not enough to be in Norman, Oklahoma and be an Oklahoma sooner and expect to go compete in the sec, just recruiting the old fashioned way. Like you're going to have to do something and you're going to have to do it. Well, look at this. Another article I just came across our favorite University of Miami billionaire. It's funny because they list him here as a backer and not a booster. And I'm sure there's some sort of, you know, legal difference lineage, between the yeah. two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so University Millionaire backer John Ruiz to give NIL deal the Florida Gator long snapper. And I guess Ooh. what people are saying, so he stated on Twitter that he has offered an NIL deal to every long snapper in the country, regardless of what team. It seems like it's a good way to make sure no one can say he's using NIL deals to get kids to go to a specific school. And it's not a game changing position that will have ne- negative consequences towards Miami. So I think our boy John Ruiz is starting to like, you know, someone's getting in his ear being like, John, you got to fucking relax. All right. right. Like we got to, he can't keep right. going out on Twitter and popping off about spending money left and right. Like right. we're going to have to cover our tracks a little bit. And so, Hey, if you're a long snapper, <laughs> talk to our boy, John, he might have a deal for you. Hey, John, John, you can't, you can't just blatantly have a favorite child. All right. You have to pay attention to all your kids. He's like, okay, fine, fine. I'll give money to other programs. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, let's just let me just spread the wealth here. <laughs> Look, nobody can claim I'm playing favorites now. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Kyle, can, can you? I drive down the street and I look at the price of gas and I'm like, damn, like, like I'm, I, we're living in tough times. I can't imagine just having enough money to be like, you know what? I'm just gonna kind of just pay long snappers across. Fuck. The like. <laughs> Oh my God. Tell me about it. It's crazy. It's madness, you know? And just like, yeah, well, that's, that's for a different pod of talking about the wealth distribution in America. Well, that, that, that ain't for this pod, but no, no, no. Oh, what a week. What a oh, week it's been, you know, and it's just, uh, like I said, this is why we wait for these things. And you know, there's probably going to be stuff that we missed. There's probably stuff that we're missing right now. No, um, but uh, listen, I, I just have one. This is my own personal segment. I'm going to get ahead of it now. $14 million to coach Duke basketball is a very reasonable salary. Oh, uh, my God. I'm just going to say it before people get all antsy. It's a very reasonable salary. Coach Gay siphoning $14 million. For people, for people who don't know, it, I, I'm, I'm assuming the, the fiscal report came out for the Duke, Duke basketball program for the last season. Uh, total budget for the program, $33 million. Coach K, Coach K took home a modest fourteen million. I mean, it, like well, that, Tom deserved. Brady pay cut stuff. <laughs> well deserved. Wow. He deserved thirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for for yeah, not win another title. Yeah, good. You know, uh, good luck, Coach K. Good uh, luck. I, I just had to get in front of it because you know what? It's the smear campaign continues. I mean, he's dead. Like he's retired. Like let's. It's enough is enough. Even though. They did put out a video of it was it was funny because it was it was a video um, promoting they just got a transfer from Oklahoma I believe uh, it was kind of like his first day on campus like kind of a little hype video for him and they're kind of filming him checking out the different facility or no it was excuse me a new assistant coach he's checking out the facility he's walking around and of course like right in the middle of the video they walk into the office there's fucking Coach K just hanging out 
No, oh, yeah, he's he's not going anywhere. No, no. John, 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 maybe yeah. you shouldn't do it John. this way. John, have you thought about? <laughs> it is so funny because like having heard him speak in person at that new camp I went to years ago, it, it's just like you couldn't create like the 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 the, the voice you're making is it, almost spot on, and it's like you couldn't create a more hateable character. Like it's just he's got that kind of just pu- like puckered up, kind of ratty face sometimes, and just his nasally tone. Just like yeah, people fucking hate this guy. <laughs> yeah, right. He's just haunted my college basketball existence for the last oh, fucking yeah. two decades. And, and, and listen, you talk about like it, it, the old. It's going to be a bummer when when they all kind of leave, right? When Tom Izzo's out. Like, Izzo's close. I'm telling you. Bayheim, Patino is, I mean, he's out, not out. Who knows? But it's going to be a bummer because, like, going to that camp and just, like, you know, I'm, I'm expecting to be, like, they're going to teach me all these great, like, offensive moves, like, good shooting tips. Like, I'm an <laughs> offensive star. The entire premise of the fucking camp was who could take the most charges. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I love me? it. I flew out here, like to North Carolina, sweating my balls off. They had us outside playing on the blacktop in the middle of July, and they're like, "Yeah, whoever takes the most charges gets his T-shirt." I'm like, oh my god, this is it. This is what I came out here for. Oh, that's the best. That's the best. But yeah, Tom is is getting close, so you can just tell he basically just came out and said, "Like, I'm not fucking around with the transfer portal. I'm not fucking around right. with any of this nil. I'm rolling with the team right. that I got." So it's like. You know what, Tom? You do you, man. You know, I, I'm not going to the one to leave. And it's so crappy that it's I, the the conversations around – I'm not a fan of ever crowning, like, the greatest – like, the the standalone greatest of all time. Because I, I think whether player, coach, whatever sport, like, everybody contributes to be the greatest of all time in some fashion. Like, every person is different. Every coach is different. Tom Izzo is it like he's got 2001. Obviously, he's got the Final Four appearances, the Elite Eight appearances. But like, I think he's just gonna get it kind of lost in the in the shuffle. And he's such a fucking good coach. And I feel like, and I'm not even a Michigan like I'm a Michigan State fan because my dear friend, you know, Skip is a Michigan State fan. But Skip, he just doesn't get like the the respect he deserves. I think. And I know Michigan State alum, the fan base, give him that props. But like on a, on the basketball, you know, realm as a whole. I feel like he just doesn't get a lot of love as he should because he right, cause coaches do, really good teams. Well, to, yeah, to do what he's done in an era where, I mean, you know, freaking you know, everybody was cheating. Like, it's just it's pretty, pretty unbelievable to have. He's up there, right. I think, for the second most final fours of all time. Like, yeah, right. those didn't always translate. But like to get the teams of his caliber to the final four, and then you're up against the Kansas, the Duke. Right. And like things like that, right. the, play, the the cheating programs essentially is what I'm getting at. Sure. sure. And, sure. and to still, you know, it's just, you got to feel good. And yeah, he'll, he'll get overshadowed. And that's, you know, if, if only he could get one more and it would have been the COVID year would have been 2020 with Cassius Winston, Javier Tillman yeah, yeah. tournament would have been that year. Which sucks, but I can always just say that would have been, you know, because yeah. you don't know, because I think Kansas is also really good that year, shocker, um, and yeah, and things like that, and so <laughs> I don't know. I'm just gonna get sad if I talk about Michigan State basketball. No, I know. I, I know. The direction that we're going is just, <laughs> you know, I think the best Listen, the best days behind us. But football, all, baby, Mel Tucker, keep chopping. All I coming. all I can say is is a coach who could get the level of productivity that he got out of Derek Nix. Deserves first ballot Hall of Draymond Fame on that Green, instance. Shut Driving. I don't want to hear about Draymond. You've been pushing Draymond Green down my throat the last two days, and I don't know why, but you need to stop it. If he'll never get the credit he deserves. He's he, gets, he gets fucking all the people, – people keep bringing him on TV shows. <laughs> 
He gets all the credit. He blows himself all the time on TV. He's very smart. People don't give him credit. He kicked a few people in the nuts, all right? Like, you know, I think we've all been there. And so. he has this he has this fucking just hard on for Rudy Gobert. Like why? Why? Oh, yeah. He does why. he does attack Rudy pretty pretty frequently. All the time. <laughs> yeah, our boy Rudy. Um, the Jazz, that's all another discussion. No, all right, right. We're not going there. We're not going there, but I oh, we got a good yes. good weekend ahead. Of, good weekend ahead of us. Yeah, we got some more NBA. We got some exciting, you know, soccer finishes here in the EPL. Some footy for for those. Uh, it's gonna be a fun weekend there. Um, having having the boys over on Sunday, a little little shindig. Hopefully, you are all systems go. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Test negative, stay positive. Yeah, hey, 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 hey. Right now, we're testing positive, staying positive. You know what I mean? Two positives make a positive. I think so. I think so. Whatever that means. Uh, Mike, is there anything else, though, that, that you want to touch on before we uh, head on out and, you know, enjoy, start to enjoy our weekends here? No. No, I'm going to touch myself. That's all I got to touch on there, Kyle. So. <laughs> I love it. That's all I got for you. I love it. It's been real. It's been fun. Uh, we don't know if it's been real fun. We don't know really what's going to happen, but we're here to talk about the NIL stuff. Well, uh, we are rapidly approaching, like, the dead season for college football. I mean, I hope more coaches just spout off with random hot takes and things like that. But until then, until that happens, you know, maybe we'll get some more interviews on. I don't know. I keep saying that, but it's just um, uh, it's just it's been kind of just we, crazy. We, we have a hard enough time getting ourselves on. That's true. <laughs> Interviewing ourselves. Yeah, we'll have to come up with some good silly season. Uh, just topics, topics, theor- theoreticals. Um, who knows what our, our brains can concoct. But uh, for my dear friend Michael Adam Wilson, uh, for myself, this has been another episode of Name Movie Pod. Like, review, subscribe, uh, follow us on Twitter. We'll be better about tweeting. I've been kind of taking a little bit of a Twitter hiatus just because um, I don't really care about what's going on in the world anymore. Uh, and let's have to do with NIL Sports. So we'll be on there. Follow us on Twitter at Name Movie Pod. And uh, until then, we will see you next week. Like that, Anything else you want to know about me, Skip? Mm-hmm.